Hey everyone, welcome to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast, a podcast dedicated towards helping you stay healthy so you can stay on the golf course and not in the clubhouse. We will be covering all things golf, from fitness, performance, injury recovery, instruction, and everything else in between. I am your host, Dr. Russ Manalastis. I am a board-certified sports physical therapist and strength coach based out of Rochester, New York. Our goal with this podcast is to help you play your best golf yet while doing so without limitations. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Russ. Today, we are joined by Christian Chapman. Christian is a junior at St. Bonaventure University. He's on the golf team. Christian, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Russ. Appreciate being on here with you. So, Christian, you know, tell me uh, a little bit about maybe how you came to start playing golf. You know, tell me, you know, just kind of your background history. What led you into maybe getting into it? What age did you start playing? And obviously, were there other sports that you played in addition to golf when you were younger? Yeah, I got into it probably when I was uh, eight or nine, just traveling along with dad uh, just for a casual day and just really enjoyed it being outside. Uh, a lot of sports are indoors and you don't get sure. to experience uh, the good weather and everything and just fell in love with it right away. Played hockey, basketball, football, cross. I played everything and then uh came to high school and decided that I kind of wanted to focus on one sport and felt like golf came more naturally than anything and just talking with everyone it's something you could play long term so I felt like it would just give me something I could try and ride out with and just kept practicing getting better and uh, probably my freshman year of high school is when I realized I started to be good and so I just kept working at it and uh, just worked my tail off eventually until getting uh, scholarship offers at the next level, uh, D1, and uh, here I am now. That's awesome. So, obviously, you transferred to St. Bonaventure in your – was it your spring semester of your sophomore year? Is that what it was, Christian? So, um, you obviously went to University of Delaware first. You started your golf career there, then transferred to St. Bonaventure. Ultimately, like, we want to know why golf, right? And I think you kind of touched on it, but were there other sports that you were maybe kind of, you know – up in the air with with regards to, you know, do I want to focus on golf? Do I want to focus on a different sport? Ultimately, it sounds like you chose golf because you felt like it was more natural to you. But were there other sports that you felt like you could still succeed at at the next level in terms of college? I'm not sure because I play – I decided on golf pretty early. I think sure. seventh or eighth grade is when I, I dropped most of the other sports. Um, sure. I I played lacrosse when I was younger, especially being a Victor kid. I mean, you grow yeah. up around it. Uh, sure. it's, it's an e-sport in town. And what was a struggle for me was trying to pick between the two going into seventh grade because uh, in seventh and eighth grade at Victor, you're allowed to play uh, JV and varsity sports and yeah. lacrosse and golf for both spring. So I kind of had to make up my mind there. And, right. Uh, after that, I just kind of set, set along with it, drop football, especially with all the concussion stuff coming out. I didn't really want to mess with that. Just played a year or two of basketball and a year or two of hockey for Victor and just kind of pick up stuff in the winter but golf just stuck with me because of uh the long term being able to play I mean you can play as long as you can basically walk so I, I just I love it yeah being outside the nice weather uh you don't you don't just go to a rink or something see the same ice or same hoops court or whatever courses are different you get to travel all over the world right just experience different uh culture yeah, I love it yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's a great perspective, right? The fact that you're constantly uh, adjusting and adapting to, one, the environment, the, the inclement weather, if there is any, you know, that can go a long way. And, again, 
piquing your interest and figuring out how best you can perform in those conditions, whatever those conditions may be. Now let's, let's kind of transition. And I know, you know, maybe kind of, you can shed some light on, you know, some of the things that you've dealt with, but over your course of your, your golf career, you've dealt with some injuries, obviously some knee, knee surgeries and things like that. Maybe kind of, maybe you can, you know, shed some light as to maybe how your recovery went, maybe what your mindset was like when you were kind of dealing with those injuries, especially when you want to play at the next level, right? I think a lot of kids that or parents that are maybe listening to this show, you know, they want their kid to play at the highest level, right? They maybe want them to play in, in college if they're in high school or professionally if they're in college, right? So maybe kind of speak to maybe some of the injuries that you kind of dealt with and maybe your recovery and, you know, just your whole mindset with that when you're kind of going through that. Yeah, um, I've had three knee surgeries before, uh, all meniscus tears. My first one was eighth grade, I think. So just to clean out, there wasn't too serious. I was back walking within a week or two. Didn't really affect me too much, just keeping off it. But uh, senior year of high school, maybe a month or two after, I had uh, originally committed to University of Delaware. Uh, just completely blew my knee out, blew my meniscus out. A uh, good five, six-month recovery. And scary time because you're still in high school and you still got to worry about graduating and maybe playing your sport there still but you're also worried about how it's going to affect you going into your freshman year of school and just a lot of rehab uh I was probably going in four or five times a week uh just doing all the exercises I could uh, keeping off it doing whatever doctors tell you to uh for the experts for a reason so you got to follow along with that sure the sure. uh, most recent one was last spring uh probably two weeks after I transferred into Bonnie's same thing, another torn meniscus and basically missed the rest of the season where you're fortunate. If you're fortunate enough in college, a lot of schools will have training trainers on school and everything. So on, on campus. So I was able to go on every single day and just crack down on everything I needed to rather than having to drive or I was only allowed to go at this time. You just hop in whenever you want, anytime, any day. And I, I was able to get back for a conference championship in time, but still it's a, it's a lot of work, a lot of rehab. You gotta, you gotta be motivated. You can't slack off or anything. You gotta really push yourself in order to do, uh, get healthy again and uh, be back for your teammates, for yourself, or whoever it be. Yeah. I think that's a, it's, it's well said. I think, you know, the recovery itself is one thing, right. But mentally staying in it the whole time and being aggressive with understanding, like you have to put in the work if you want to be able to get back to the level that you were at prior to getting hurt. And um, I think a lot of times, obviously we see a lot of the recovery and the injury side of things and, you know, people dealing with surgeries and how best to recover. And, you know, I think setting the expectation, not only for yourself, but, you know, getting back to your teammates and getting back to your team, like that's a crucial part that a lot of collegiate athletes or even high school athletes don't want to miss. Right. They understand the camaraderie of what goes into it and, and spending time with your teammates and your coach. Like that's something that you want to get back to doing. And, you know, sometimes rehab can be lonely. Right. It can be one of those things where you're just constantly, you know, you're 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 just you're gutting it out. You're trying to get as, as healthy as you can. And sometimes that can be challenging. So the fact that you're able to kind of get to that level, get back to now, obviously playing with St. Bonaventure, I mean, I think that it's a testament to your work ethic, but ultimately your mental fortitude, right? I think that is important. And um, I think a lot of times, especially in a sport that is a single sport where you're relying on yourself to be able to physically handle the stresses of golf, that, that can obviously uh, play, play a lot of challenges when it comes to not only physically, but, but mentally as well. Yep, I completely agree with that. All right, so let's um, let's transition to a segment we call "What's in the Bag," right? So, um, a lot of 
uh, golf enthusiasts love to kind of hear what uh, players or you know, recreational golfers are using. Obviously, you being at the collegiate level, maybe tell us a little bit about what you're using from a, a club standpoint and, and, and go from there. Yeah, um, I'm Titleist, ride or die. Uh, there's no, no other club <laughs> in my bag. I've probably been that way since sixth, sixth, seventh grade. The brand is always advertised, but it, it is the best in the game. Recently got the uh, new TS3 uh, driver. I uh, got TS3, three wood. Then uh, just a couple weeks ago, switched from a hybrid to a three iron. Uh, I got the new U500 from Titleist. Nice. Cat, cash off the tee. It's a weapon. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm old school. I really like the AP2s. I know they've come out with the T100s and all that. Yeah. Uh, AP2s have always been reliable for me, uh, so I still got those nice. uh, four through pitching wedge. And then uh, I'm a big Vokey guy, too, just the most trustworthy wedges out there. And uh, Mr. Mr. Neil Reedy out there might not like this, but I'm, uh, I'm my putter's not – it's not set in stone right now. So uh, <laughs> I got I to gotta figure out what's going on there. But uh, luckily, luckily I got some time to figure that out. But yeah. Had had to tell our school's Adidas, so I'm Adidas all the way through uh, nice. Pro V Ball to Pro V One X. That's the nice. uh, that's the ball I've been using the last uh, five seasons. Love it, man. I love the, the, the specifics of, I think, what people kind of really strive for there. So maybe let's kind of dive into that a little bit. Tell me about the transition going from a hybrid back to a three iron. Like, I mean, I think a lot of times people have a t- tendency to go the other way, right? They go from right. three iron to hybrid, right? So maybe kind of tell me your experience and maybe why you went that route. Yeah, I I ordered the new three iron probably end of last semester. I just felt like I needed an extra club in my bag or just a, a backup in case. I, I hit the ball pretty high, and when it gets windy, it's tough with the hybrid because sure. the club's at flow. And uh, our team was fortunate enough last semester. Uh, we took a team trip over to Ireland for a week, and I couldn't, I couldn't hit the ball along the ground. Uh, I couldn't keep it out of the wind with the hybrid. So I, I felt like a three iron was going to be nice to have. And sure. first two tournaments of this semester, just felt like it was such a good asset off the tee. Uh, you're trying to play a shorter par four or whatever, and you, you got to thread the needle. Uh, you don't need a driver necessarily all the time, or maybe even three wood. And sure. the three iron was just a perfect 235, 240 club for me, just – right down the middle each time, weaving me a good wedge. So I, I've loved it, and I can still hit it high, too. Uh, if I'm trying to attack a par five or whatever, uh, where a hybrid would be nice to come in with something higher and softer, uh, I still feel like I have that control with the iron to a nice high draw or cut if I'm trying to go for something in two. Right. That's awesome. And, again, I think, obviously, you're understanding your own game will allow you to kind of transition back to a club like that and still be able to kind of perform at a pretty high level there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, all right, so – Tell me maybe one thing that you think maybe younger golfers or junior golfers struggle with the most um, when it comes to playing the sport of golf. I think everyone's got confidence. Uh, That's something I really like seeing out of juniors. The one thing I definitely emphasize, though, is the short game. I mean, I've I've been a first-hand witness as to it being the difference maker between winning a tournament and not. And I've been in that position where my putter is – won me golf tournaments and where my putters lost me tournaments. It's not just putting, it's chipping, pitching, the bunker game. I mean, it's it, it's the entire uh, short game arsenal. And everyone, I feel like in today's day and age in golf, is starting to get more fit. Just the general athlete itself is becoming better. And 
a lot of people are good ball strikers and they can control it. You don't need to hit every single fairway. You don't need to hit every single green. But if you're a good athlete, you're going to be able to hit the ball well. But the guys who have the best hands are hands down the guys who are making it to the next level. And you see it on tour. I mean, the worst player on tour year in, year out from inside of five feet is making it a 98. Yeah. So they're just, they're machines. And when you get to college, uh, myself included, players are missing three-footers, missing four-footers, and you miss even two of those, all of a sudden it starts to get into your head. And it's just positions on a leaderboard that not only for yourself or your team that is kind of in jeopardy that you don't want to let happen. So just, yeah, the greens greens are the biggest part of the game, professional or amateur, and it shows. Yeah. And I think too, like the younger golfer, they're always focused on, you know, hitting the, the longer driver and hitting the ball long. And don't get me wrong, obviously we, we, we encourage that, but you know, putting in the reps and putting in the time for your short game, putting, like you said, chipping, approach shots, bunker work, that all stuff, I mean, it all matters, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you want to try and score low, you need to be able to kind of be able to navigate around the green there. So I think it's, it, like you said, it's one of those things where, I think a lot of kids don't want to put the time and effort to do that, but the ones who do, it shows like you, like you had mentioned. Yeah, exactly. It's a big thing. And like, I'm a first hand witness to not hitting it far either. Like my whole career, I've always been a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of distance, but yeah, here I am. I mean, I've won a state championship. I've been the number one player on my team in college for the last two or three years. So it's, it shows you don't, you don't have to hit it 350 every time. If you got a, you got a good putter and a good short game. Can, Absolutely, uh, man. Yeah, well you out. Absolutely. All right. So let's do this. Let's transition to our shotgun round, right? So our shotgun round is a lightning round where we ask you a number of different questions. You come up with the, the best answer without really thinking about it. And we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Yep. Like it. All right. So favorite golfer, who you got? Ricky Fowler, hands down. Not even a question. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about Fowler's game the most? Uh, he's, he's one of the best putters on tour. Uh, I know I know he hasn't won many majors, uh, actually any, but just smooth putting, uh, good guy. He's grown a little bit. He used to be kind of a kid favorite, but now he's grown up a little bit, showing that he's uh, it's a great game, great putting. His putting is his everything. And again, I think he's close. Like he's been on the doorstep multiple times. I think it's only a matter of time, and I think it'll happen sooner than later for sure. Yep. <laughs> All right. So obviously, you're you're bound by your school favorite golf brand. Obviously, you got Adidas, right? Um, and you're a Titleist guy as well. Prior to maybe going to to the Bonnies, were you were you, did you prefer a, a certain golf brand at all? Uh, not really. Always been a Titleist guy. Most of my clothes and stuff are tea gifts. So whatever whatever I'm given at a tournament <laughs> registration is whatever's on my body. So no, no preference. There you go. That's awesome. All right. So uh, when you're playing, you know, obviously when you're in college and stuff like that, you know, do you ever prefer drink or snack while playing? Gatorade all the time. Uh, especially in college days, 36 whole days, uh, very often probably every single tournament is a 54 hole event and one of the days is 36. So sure. Gatorade case you're replenished. I'm a big uh, honey stinger guy. Nice. We got those at Delaware and uh, my teammates and I couldn't get enough of them. So they're uh, <laughs> you hooked. honey stinger waffle, uh, vanilla flavor. If I don't <laughs> have that in my bag, uh, I can't, I can't play around. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right. What's your preference? Part three or part five? Part five, not not even a question. Birdie, birdie opportunities all day, especially growing up at a course like Cobblestone where the par threes yeah. are 
freaking brutal. <laughs> Absolutely. No question. Part three is on cobblestone art. They're challenging to say the least. Yep. All right. Cart or walk? I like walking. I know I don't have the greatest of knees, but it's just, it's a lot different being in, being able to smell the roses and everything. Just be outside with nature as opposed to kind of whipping through it. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of times too, when we look at a, a training standpoint or let's say um, a recovery standpoint, walking can be therapeutic, right? It's just a matter of how much is too much and how much is not enough. Right. So um, like you said, I think walking can be great. And even if like, and again, I'll tell people this all the time, even if you have, let's say some sort of knee issue or knee condition that you've got going on walking isn't going to necessarily hurt you. It's just a matter of, are you prepared to be able to walk 36 holes, 54 holes and not feel the effects of maybe some of that soreness or some of that lingering issues that you have after that. So again, I think walking is great for most people. It's just a matter of figuring out what are you doing physically to make sure you can handle the, the rigors of the walk. Exactly. Yeah. There's, I feel like every course out there is definitely walkable. Uh, again, Cobblestone might not be, but other than that, uh, everywhere else in the area, CCR, Oak Hill, Monroe, they're all very walkable courses, and I just love being out there. For sure. All right, so what's a uh, favorite movie for you, Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore? Uh, I feel like Happy Gilmore is going to edge it out a little bit. Adam Sandler is <laughs> a different breed of acting. Absolutely. That's a phenomenal movie, right? Okay, for you, what, what's your favorite golf memory? I know you've probably got a lot of them, but maybe give me a, a favorite golf memory that you really kind of resonates with you. I got, I got two that kind of bounce off. The biggest one for me was senior year after my knee surgery. Uh, Section 5 gave me an exemption to come back and play and everything. And uh, thankful enough to have a great coach and Coach Yusa who provided me the opportunity to play in our team sectional event. We won like second lowest score in section five history as a team, first ever uh, sectional championship for the school. Uh, and it came down to uh, 18, I uh, made the winning pot and just see like a hundred people around the green, my teammates, spectators and everything, all the other teams. Uh, I let out a, a lot of emotion when that pot went in, just something I'll never forget. Walking over to my teammates and after shaking hands with the other guys and just kind of seeing the tears flowing, it just, uh, it's something I'll never forget for sure. And then uh, my other one was uh, winning, winning States, my uh, going into summer, going into junior year. Uh, that was when, or going into senior year, I was going into senior year. That was kind of what put me on the, uh, the radar for the D1 level. Uh, I knew I was a good player, but I hadn't really done a whole lot. And then uh, I shot six under, I think in that, opened up a lot of doors for me and uh, it proved to myself that I was able to go on to the next level. And, uh, yeah, it's something that I always reflect on is one of the biggest moments that it got me to where I am now. That's pretty cool, man. That's great. All right. So last, uh, the, the last question in the shotgun round. So who's someone that you would recommend we reach out to, to be guests on this show? Gavin Hall or Don Bazzelli. They're two guys who are professionals from this area. They're, Dom's on tour, Gavin's still working at it. They're guys who are, they have the the junior backgrounds. Gavin, USAM champ, uh, he's played in the NCAA championships. I uh, went to Texas, Dom's an Auburn Tiger guy. He's done very well on tour the last couple of years, couple of top fives and some pretty big events. So they're two two dudes who I know, I, I know I've had a pretty decent career so far, but if you want, you want to lose status those are those two sick dudes right there that's awesome we're gonna have to reach out to him and see if we can get him on the show at some point in time 
All right, so let's do this. Let's wrap up with some final thoughts, right? So maybe give some, you know, some of the younger listeners, maybe some advice as to, let's say they want to play golf, let's say at the collegiate level during high school, or maybe if, you know, again, obviously you're looking to elevate your game so you can play beyond college, right? What are some, what's some advice you would give to some of these um, golfers when it comes to that? You just got to believe in yourself. Uh, everyone's going to go through highs and lows. So I've been there. Uh, the lows are brutal. You you can't give up on yourself, though. The highs, you can't get too high on uh, just because you win a tournament or just because you're playing well for a certain period of time. I mean, golf's a game of peaks and valleys. Any player that has ever played the game will tell you that. Uh, Tiger's easiest example to think of. Guy was the greatest player of all time up until – 08 and then for 10 years just had nothing and then uh, came back last year won the masters so it's just you got to always believe in yourself and you just you got to be smart about it too i think if if you're out there trying to commit to a sport too early you don't want to get worn down and all of a sudden you might reach like end of high school or maybe even into college and realize you just it's not cut out for you anymore you you don't want to have wasted your whole junior career childhood trying to work for something that you're never going to do again. So just mix it up, play with the sports, take time off. I, it's one of the, my favorite things to do, honestly, throughout the year is take a month or two off in the winter, just get away from it, go do something else, just to reset the head. Uh, ne- never over push yourself. And yeah, just, just never, never stop believing that you're good enough to do it. If, if you think you are, then you are. Uh, no one else can tell you otherwise. That's awesome. That's great. And I think, like you said, you know, the sport of golf, there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And, and I think because you are so reliant on yourself to perform at a high level, like, you know, those lows can be challenging, right? So I think it's important to continue to kind of believe in yourself, have the confidence to know that another day is another day, right? It gives you an opportunity to obviously come out and, and score better. And um, I think that's a huge, huge impact is the whole mental aspect of this game. It's one of those things where you need to be able to have a short-term memory, right? So that you can kind of just brush it off and then uh, get going the next day. So I think that's, that's well said. So yep. let's do this. If, uh, if people want maybe to uh, follow your journey, right? Cause obviously you've got aspirations to uh, play beyond college. You know, people want to follow your journey or maybe have some questions about, you know, what you, what you've experienced in, in your golf career. Um, what's the best way that they can reach out to you? Yeah, so uh, all my social media pages are C Chapman underscore 10, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Anybody who has questions, uh, please feel free to reach out to me, email, cell phone. Uh, I'd be happy to share it. Um, I definitely feel like I've, I've been through a lot of the stuff that people maybe want to be, uh, be on the path to. So I'd, I'd love to be able to help someone out. Uh, not sure if you want me to. Give me my yeah, number so or what now, Russ. What we'll do is um, if people are interested in reaching out to you, um, we'll have them reach out to us via the podcast, and then, you know, we'll put you in, in contact with them so that way you don't have to worry about divulging your information here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to help. I mean, it's it's a long journey. You, you start young, just whacking it around the backyard, but once you kind of start to realize it, that you're good at it, you don't – you don't understand how much work has to go into it until you're doing it. And I, I remember being the, the sophomore kid in high school watching all the other kids commit back when the rules allowed them to and being fresh, all that. And uh, just waited until my senior year to decide that. So one of the, I guess, another piece of advice, don't, 
don't commit too early to something you might not feel like is a right fit because when you're a freshman or whatever you might feel like one school is right for you and all of a sudden by the time senior year comes coaches aren't interested anymore because you committed too early and you you find out it might not be a good fit and kind of screw yourself over a little bit there so yeah. I just yeah it was one thing my parents always told me and any parents listening don't don't let your commit kid don't let your kid commit too early unless his heart is set in stone into it because once once you're kind of locked in you're locked in other coaches take you off the radar you're you're no longer uh someone who's on their list of interest and what if you're a senior and you're signing your NLI or whatever and you you just don't feel it it's too late at that point yeah I think that's that's great advice because we do see that a lot right more kids are gravitating towards specializing in a sport at an earlier age right and they're committing at an earlier age like you said and unfortunately when they commit if then all of a sudden they had to put in all this extra work just to maintain the level that they they need to be at you're right I think sometimes kids can get burnt out and by the time their senior year comes around if they're not if they're not passionate about it as they were a couple of years ago, um, that can be uh, that can be a recipe for uh, for disaster at that point in time, right? And like you said, you don't want to waste your career uh, at such a young age focusing on a sport that you then all of a sudden maybe have uh, lose interest in, and that's the last mm-hmm. thing you want, right? We see a lot of kids who come in our office who have doubled injuries or have been playing a sport, um, you know, just one single sport and specialize in that at such a young age that sometimes they just look burnt out and they're just ready to be a kid again, right? And uh, yep. I think you, like you said, playing multiple sports and, and being athletic um, can go a long way in helping you really kind of hone in on your skills when it comes to the sport of golf as well. Exactly. Couldn't have said it any better. All right, Christian. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for joining us on the show here today. Uh, if you guys obviously want to reach out to Christian, let us know. We'll put you in contact with him. We'll look forward to the next pain-free golf performance podcast. Thanks so much, Christian. Thanks for having me, Ross. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much again for listening to this week's episode of the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. If you enjoy the content of this show, we would love it if you would leave an iTunes review to help us grow and expand our ability to provide you with the golf information you are seeking. If you're listening to this show and are dealing with aches, pains, or issues from golf that haven't been resolved, or you're not exactly sure where to turn, then let us know how we can help. Whether you are local or not, you can work directly with us through our pain-free golf performance program, which is completely virtual and online. This program is customized to you and your goals of playing your best golf yet. We would assess how well you move to give us a baseline of what you can do, and then based on that assessment, come up with a training program best suited for you. We are offering a special podcast promotion, which gives you access to our program at a reduced rate. You can inquire by going to manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf. Again, mana is spelled M-A-N-A. So it's manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf and use the promo code podcast when inquiring so we can help you feel better and play better golf. Be sure to tune into next week's episode and we'll catch you then.